Welcome to the CDH Counseling Podcast. My name is Mike Brewer, and I'm one of the four school counselors at CDH. Together with our two college counselors, our registrar, and Mrs. Redding, we make up your CDH Counseling Department. Our mission is to serve our students, families, faculty, and administration. We strive for every student and family at CDH to feel connected and informed. This podcast will offer a series of discussions with that goal in mind. Go Raiders. Welcome to this episode of the CDH Counseling Podcast, School Counseling Podcast. Today, today's episode is going to be a focus on who we are as a department. Like everybody out there in the podcast world, to leave this episode with a feeling of who we are as people and how we approach our work with our students and where our passion is and why we show up every day. So maybe just to start with the introduction, um, the seasoned veteran of the department, outside of myself, Miss Shedd, <laughs> third year. Veteran, veteran, third year. Um, I'm Mrs. Shedd. I'm Katie Shedd. I am, yeah, in my third year here at CDH, and I have the alphabet L-E-M through S-A-M. Okay. And I also do, do the PFP class, which maybe we'll talk about a little yeah, bit let's, later. Yeah, let's, let's chat about that a little bit. Miss Young? You're the next veteran. <laughs> Uh, my name is Jane Young, and this is my second year at Creighton Durham Hall, but it was my 16th year as a counselor. I'm one of the St. Paul Public School counselors, and I worked a lot in junior high and high school, and now here at Creighton Durham Hall. Yeah, and I think we can maybe talk about that a little bit more, that piece. I don't know how much people know hmm. about the support uh, through the non-pub uh, grant that CDH and, and other uh, parochial, private parochial schools get in St. Paul. Ms. Kermis. <laughs> uh, my name is Emily Kermis. I just started here at CDH. This is now my fourth week. Um, and I have been, I graduated from grad school in May, so I'm pretty new at counseling still. Um, and I was at Highland Park Senior High for the start of the year. Now joining the team at CDH, and I'm also a St. Paul Public Schools counselor um and my alphabet is s-a-n through z-o-o san diego zoo right is that how <laughs> yes. you remember yep. it okay all right um t- talk maybe uh, emily a little bit about your impression uh, of the department of the school like how did how and maybe how you ended up with us that's a big question <laughs> Um, I feel like so far I've really loved being at CDH. I've like met a lot of students. I've met some staff, obviously have been working with the counselors and everybody's been really welcoming and really awesome. Um, and so ending up here, so I started off my whole career as a St. Paul public schools um, counselor at Highland Park Senior High. Um, and I was doing a long-term sub job there for a counselor who was on maternity leave. And once that was done, I 
needed somewhere to go. And so I was looking for another job. Um, and um, at St. Paul Public Schools, they said, we have this position. Do you want it or do you want to interview for it? And so I came in, interviewed, and... Tough interview too, right? I mean, yes. We were, we were was, really hardcore. It was hard. <laughs> I was going to jump in here before you asked me a question I don't know how to answer and say that um, I really appreciate working with teachers here at St. Mary Model. I find like they, I was just telling Emily just the other minute that I work with teachers um, to get to know the kid better and to give their feedback and their observations, which I really find helpful in that uh, our teachers here are really wonderful. And so working with the counseling team and also with teachers has been really helpful in helping serve our students. Yeah, I agree. And, and I would also throw the administration in, in with that, in, mm -hmm. in that we worked hand in hand with them on a number of uh, different situations with students and families and trying to support them. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I think it, that that's what makes this such a special place and why mm -hmm. it continues to thrive in, in the midst of you know what we see is some downturn in yeah. private education across the, the state, maybe us uh, in the metro area, CDH remains really strong for a number of reasons, but one of the most foundational ones is the uh, the support that the students and families get through the faculty and staff mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and the excellence, you know, in the product. So, okay. Maybe let's chat now about why we background. Um, why why Emily, you you jumped into this a little bit, so having just you. gone through your program, your training. But how did you end up in education? Why why counseling? What about it do you enjoy? You know what, <coughs> what motivates you each and every day? Cool. Well, I guess yeah. I guess I can first talk about how I got here. Um, I went to my undergrad at St. Ben's, and then I went down to New Mexico, um, the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque, uh, for graduate school for counseling. Um, and I was on a dual track program, but I loved the school counseling side of it um, more than the clinical mental health counseling. I think part of that is what we just talked about, the yeah. kind of the community and the you know extra support and extra um, insight and just being, yeah, really being a part of a community instead of just sitting one-on-one -on -one with um, a client, you know, over and over throughout the day, I have this bigger experience that I really enjoy. Uh, so I, I got a dual degree, but I went the school counseling path, and I worked at um, a small rural public school here in Minnesota for a year and a half, and then I saw an opening here, and I applied and jumped on it right away because I've always wanted to work in a uh, private school because I grew up in them and I just believe a lot in what they what we stand for and how we work so um, And what I love you're about a proud that. graduate of st. Ben's as well, right? Oh, yeah, I went yeah. yep So I went to Holy Angels <laughs> for high school not <laughs> Creighton Durham Hall, but similar type of education and miss Young maybe will throw in that She did too went to Holy mm -hmm. Angels. So um, we kind of know how the high school mm -hmm. thing works and then yes, and then I, I'd like to flaunt my Benny, Benny-ness, <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm a Benny, yeah. Yes. You and Mrs. Vink had that in common as well. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. With that. Yeah. We, we definitely do miss uh, Miss Jenny Vink. 
Uh, she's taken a year or two off to support her family, mm-hmm. and uh, we hope to see her back. But who knows what's going to come her um, down her path. Right. So. Jane? Yeah, so this is Jane Young again. If I need to rewind all the way back to her music, let's kind of go <laughs> back. I don't mind doing that. Um, yeah, so I, I do feel comfortable in this setting because of my um, K through 12 Catholic education. Um, I went to, after Holy Angels, I went to University of Minnesota, and after graduating from there, I moved out to New York City to work at the Covenant House, which is um, a shelter for runaway youth in New York City, and I was, um, had a job in the Bronx, which was like one of the um, satellites to try to get kids before they ended up in the, um, the center in Manhattan. And so I was at a storefront in um, the Bronx, and I had a caseload of kids that I was working with. And one of my students, I um, ended up, they were trying to keep him in school. And so I was at an appointment with his school counselor at his high school. And I just remember sitting across the table from this woman being like, she's got an awesome job. Mm -hmm. I want that job. Um, And so I started applying to grad schools and I got into the University of Minnesota's program in counseling and student personal psychology. So I came back to Minnesota to do my program here and that's how I ended up in school counseling. So Yeah, awesome. The department itself has uh, I'm looking at you and I within the past three years <laughs> we've interviewed all three of you. <laughs> and, and before that, you know, I, I was the the greenhorn in the department with Ms. Fink, and, and we had some long-standing counselors, uh, Mr. Mike Scanlon, uh, Dr. Laurel Zimmerman, and Brother Michael uh, Lee Anderson were were uh, the department faces for a number of years, and, and one by one they moved on to um, different paths in life through retirement or just different locations. And so th- th- there has been a, um, an interesting turnover in the department, which which, you know, we lose a lot of years of experience, but we gain a lot of new insight and, mm-hmm. and new energy and new focus. And um, so that part of it is exciting for me. Um, maybe let's just break down a little bit for people what a typical day is for us. Um, I think the old stereotype of the school counselor is um, sitting in the office, maybe uh, much like my school counselor was, um, with a cup of coffee and the newspaper and just waiting on business to come his or her way. Um, it's changed a little bit now. Through, Not the cup of coffee thing. Well, the cup of coffee <laughs> thing is very necessary for Absolutely a lot of people, necessary. including me. Certain days, more than one cup. Um, so what? how would you describe a typical day in your school counseling life at Great Mare Mall? Well, I don't know that there's a typical day, but um, some typical... I mean, the typical day is that you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but the things that usually happen, for sure, I mean, we send out some passes every day. Um, so that's calling kids down, whether it's to talk about some grades or teacher concerns, um, you know, looking into their schedule for the next year or the next trimester. Um, or maybe we, you know, heard um, a concern from a friend or someone or a parent and we need to check in with the student. Maybe it's a student that we're following up with, you know, on something that we meet with them sort of every week, more personal um, things going on at home or just with themselves. Uh, so some people we have passes, they come down. Some are just walk-ins. Um, we do a lot of emailing, phone calls with parents. 
Uh, we do a lot of stopping by classrooms to talk to teachers or, you know, emailing with teachers. Um, and then we have, I mean, depending on the day and the time of year, we have, you know, a bunch of college things we're doing, whether it's letters of recommendation, um, talking to students about how FAFSA works. We do our freshman curriculum, so some days we're going into classrooms or homerooms and talking to them about um, how to get involved or how to manage stress levels in high school. Um, yeah, we're just know. coming off the heels yeah. of some classroom presentations <laughs> yep. where we broke down a, um, it was a, a talk from, what was that organization that came in? Uh, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Yeah, so two, two young women came in and shared their stories and presented uh, some struggles that they went through in life. And then a, as a follow-up with that, we came in and had support. We played a support role in, in classroom conversation. So, and each classroom was very unique and very different um, in how they process. But I think overall that is a, an excellent way for us to get out and, and we do some presentations uh, in full uh, theater homerooms. Mm -hmm. um, when we have CASAs on Tuesdays, uh, we uh, tend to have full uh, theater homerooms and then that's an opportunity for us to get up and present something topical that we need to address with a particular grade or the entire school community. Mm -hmm. um, one that is going to be upcoming very quickly is the registration push. Um, that'll be right on the uh, heels of, of the new year. Um, Jane, another, Emily? Another thing that I'm hoping to, um, to kind of do a little bit more is small groups. Um, so I'm planning on starting some small groups. and those. Well, what would that look like? So small groups might be on like academic support, they might be on any kind of social emotional topic, anything that the school is really seeing a need for. And um, a small group will typically have like six to eight students and we'll have like different topics for each group um, and we'll have opportunity for students to get support and what they need support in. Um, but mostly, yeah, it's just kind of a another relationship building kind of a thing. It's a way to get support on a smaller level instead of just in the classroom. Yeah. Um, having just an additional way to connect yeah. with counselors. Yeah. And with each other, I think, so that yeah. they maybe realize they're not alone in whatever it is they happen to be struggling with. Yeah, I'm excited to hear you talk about groups because as I've, I've mentioned with you all before, when I started here 22 years ago, that was my out-of-the-gate initiative. There, there was something that Brother uh, Michael and Dr. Loyal Zimmerman were doing called a sophomore um, seminar, which was a sophomore circle that was in conjunction with the religion department. But that went, that went away as they left, and um, I, I, I loved the groups that I ran. And it was for all different reasons. I, at one point, I ran a group for adopted students here, and we did study skills, we did social skills, friend, friendship group, we called it. And then that transition, Katie, you brought it up earlier, uh, Ms. Shedd, um, my, my involvement with groups fell off as I mm -hmm. worked with uh, and started the beginning phases of uh, the peer mentoring program at CDHPFP. And then that you know, pretty much dominated my time for the better part of 12 years. So it's really awesome to hear you talking about the groups again. Um, you want to talk a little, I mean, we've had a sesh, uh, whole episode on PFP, yeah. but how's it going? It's good. It's great. Um, 
so yeah, there's a whole podcast on PFP if you want, you know, really detailed information. But basically, it's a class for seniors that they have to apply to be in. Um, and they become peer mentors to freshmen and sophomores who sign up to have them. They meet one-on-one. Um, they meet one-on-one one day a week with their PFP person. And then the senior students don't meet with anyone on Tuesdays. And we have a check-in day where we kind of work on skills again and check on how each other are doing just personally. And um, it's great. I love it. And I'm glad I got the chance to take yeah. it over. And um, I think our first year is going okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously I'm biased, but I think it's one of the the best things that we do at CDH, and that there's a lot of them: service, um, campus ministry, um, the the uh, different programming they have, friendship club, and and uh, all the, the extracurricular academic program we have. Uh, not to mention athletics. Mm -hmm. um, but but PFP is just a very special opportunity yeah. you know, it's really you're, different you're, you're yeah. starting to see that a little bit as you form the relationships with the mentors and then secondhand through all the mentees that are being seen and over fair to say over half of the ninth graders are involved on some level 120 or so i'd say we have probably 120 ish yeah and that's with sophomores too but there's definitely way more freshmen more ninth graders yeah, yeah more ninth yeah, graders yeah, who yeah. signed up so yeah. okay Right. Jane, point. anything you want to add in terms of a standard day at <clears throat> Standard day Hall? sounds a lot like Michelle's and incorporating um, just the group to oh, SSO. do something. We meet with the um, administration and the counselors and support staff to work with a specific group of kids that teachers can um, make referrals on if they're having concerns um, about grades or anything else. And we um, meet as a group to provide support to mm -hmm. those students. So that's an important thing to mention other than just meeting one-on-one -on -one with students you're going to be incorporating. That's a good way for us to collectively come together and, and fill in missing pieces with students that get referred. There's a whole, uh, as, as Jane, you said, a whole referral process that happens through uh, Miss Bellis. Um, um, she, she initiates all of that. That happens every other week. And in the off weeks, we do something called the USL, which is our underserved learner group, um, where we focus on supporting kids that we've identified through a number of different criteria, grades, behavior, uh, attendance, um, students that just need extra support. Sometimes there is some overlap mm -hmm. in SST and USL, um, but mm -hmm. SST is a, is a very important piece of what we do in terms of that comprehensive support for our whole school community. Right, sometimes different people have different pieces of knowledge and it's, you know, the full picture on a student doesn't come together until we're right. all together collaborating in SST. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, let's talk about confidentiality a little bit with, with uh, our work with students. How would you describe that to a parent that had a question about it? Well, I have a sign in my office and I show it to students all the time um, that what students say to me is confidential unless... Um, they're going to hurt themselves or they're going to hurt someone else or um, if someone's going to hurt them or is hurting them. Um, then we have a duty to warn. And um, those are mandated reporters. And I tell the students it's us, their counselors, as well as every other person in the building is a factor as a mandated reporter working with students. So um, to tell parents, I would say, you know, we check in and I, I try to give the, the, you know, not a completely general statement, but... Um, respecting what the student wants to um, 
share with just me and then kind of giving progress and updates and um, kind of moving forward on the, on the path to um, having a student be able to um, get over whatever challenges that they're being working through, whatever challenges that they're presenting. Yeah. And to be able to have that, that level of trust in you yeah. to, to have their back and, and give them a safe space to process without, mm -hmm. without fear of a teacher or a parent or another student becoming involved. Yeah, because a lot of times when I'm talking with a student on it, it's like, okay, how are you going to tell your parent this? And working out like like a scenario on, okay, no, how would you tell your parent this? Or what are your parents going to say? Or what do you think that they would say? And I think it's helpful for them to just kind of be able to play that through a little bit, um, knowing that, you know, the, the hopefully you can be keeping the parents in the loop on the communication, you know, for most of it. I think that's a great point. Uh, sometimes confidentiality can be a hiccup for parents because they feel it's a, it's a loophole to keep them yeah. out of the mix. But I, I agree with you. I think much of my work in situations with kids is preparing them for success and communicating with their parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're working toward that. While, while they have this, this gift of confidentiality, the work that happens is in that direction. So yeah. parents, rest assured yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we're working with you uh, mm -hmm. and not against you. Yeah. Um, if you're not in the world of education, which sometimes I think we, we live in this little bubble, um, people may not know, parents may not know evidence-based practice. They may not understand the world of data. Um, let, let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about how we know we're being effective in the work that we do. Maybe starting with, um, a lot of people don't know about our check-in procedure. Katie, you, this was some of, this is one of the reasons you got hired, by the way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Threw um, this little tidbit into my interview. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, interview note, have something cutting edge that you bring. But we, we took it, we ran with it on your advice and you, and you really still run it today. So talk, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, we have a check-in system. We have an iPad by our front, by Miss Connie Redding's desk. She's our, um, counseling administrative assistant and the students when they come down they have to check in on this ipad they put in their name the you know their grade the class period they're coming um the who they're seeing and the reason they're seeing them just a very vague reason that they're seeing them and we use this data for a couple things they they use it in the attendance office so that we don't just have students missing from class they know that they're down with us um, but then we also use it to see trends, I guess. So how many students we're seeing each month. I, col I collect all the data at the end of each month and then we start fresh. So we can see, um, for example, the month of October was much more busy as far as seniors coming down and stu students coming down for college counseling help, which makes sense because November 1st is a big college application deadline. Uh, so we can see trends like that and then we can kind of prep ourselves for the next year on anything we might want to do different or um, how we need to, you know, address anything that's going on, whether it's, you know, why the heck do we have kids always trying to come down eighth hour or something? We don't, but, you know, that's something we could see and say, is there, you know, something going on with students trying to, I don't know, leave class? Or can we um, see that maybe we don't have sophomores coming down very often? Do we need to do something to reach out to the sophomores so that they know we're here and remember that we're here and have a reason to come down um, and see us or just 
yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know yeah. what else we use yeah. it for. Yeah. No, and, and I think uh, one of the things I tell uh, the ninth graders, uh, where, where I just finished my ninth grade meetings, we yeah. average between 450 and 500 kids a month. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, there are spikes where they're really high months. Right. Um, like like um, October into November is huge for college, senior colleges. You'll see the seniors dominate on that pie graph that yeah. we get back. But um, it's, it's been a very effective tool to track and to demonstrate, you know, what, what we're really doing. All the while, our main objective is to get these kids back into class. Right. Back into a learning environment because we, we are all in support of um, seat time equaling more success in the classroom. Which you can see how many students are coming down on a walk-in basis versus us sending passes and interrupting yeah. classes yeah. too, yeah. which is kind of nice to see, you know, we're not... I think it's usually around 50% mm -hmm. is kind of the cutoff. So 50% of who we're seeing, we're calling down. Um, yeah, it was last month. I know it right. was almost right but, down the middle. Yeah, but then the other 50% are walk-ins that we're not, you know, we're not trying to take students out of class. Well, we're never. We, we try to do homeroom yeah. time, study hall time, things like that as much yeah. as possible. But. Yeah, exactly. And we selectively bring them out. We, yeah. we tend to avoid, um, you know, as many academic programming mm -hmm. classes as we can and, and get them before school, during homeroom, after school. And if we have to do classes, look at their grades and pick yeah. them, pick from the classes they're doing the best so in. So it's very intentional yeah. if we do call a student out, right. um, how, that, how that works. But all the while, the goal is very solution-focused in nature. That's take, take what the situation is, support the student, get the student back into class as, mm -hmm. as quickly as we can. And, and you know, sometimes anxiety... Uh, mood issues, it's, it's tough, but that's the goal. That's the goal to do that. Um, we, we're, we're closing in here on our time, but I do think that um, a little talk about the non-pub setup with St. Paul Public Schools really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, three of, of the counselors that we have, three of the four school counselors that we have uh, are awarded through a non-public grant. The state of Minnesota has set aside um, tax dollars to... Um, provide counseling, nursing, Title I funding service to private parochial schools. I think that pretty much sums it up. And so Cretan-Aram Hall is the largest budget in, it's, it's driven off of uh, enrollment, and there's a dollar allotment for each student. And so CDH has the largest uh, budget in St. Paul for the non-pub, and that's why we have uh, myself as a 1.0, and then we have 2.8s. And then Ms. Shedd, you're a CDH 1.0 full-time. As a wrap-up, everything we do falls under really the parameter of, of three main um, avenues. Does that, does that even yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Academic so college. Yeah. Everything yeah. we do has a focus on academics, which, which you know, tends to, at, at CDH, tends to really dominate the time with kids, um, followed by personal social. Okay, as I ex explained to the kids, it's, it's your life story. We've all got a story coming in every day. Um, how is that impacting your ability to learn and, and grow and develop? And then finally, college and career, uh, which we, we complementarily work with uh, the college counselors. Um, career, a career component, I was uh, excited to hear that Jumpstart's going to have a, a more of a career component this year to it. So wrap up, closing shots, Takeaways, 
<laughs> and depending on the audience for this podcast, I you know appreciate hearing from parents and connecting, um, and not to think, oh, I don't want to you know bother them or bother teachers. It's it's good information to have, and we appreciate you know kind of um, filling out the picture of the student and you know how we can be helpful to those students as well. Um, I guess I would just like to close with expressing how excited I am to be here. Um, and how, how awesome it's been so far. It's been really fun to meet all the students and it's been really fun to work with people at CDH and I'm really excited to see how the year unfolds. We're excited to have you on. Thank you. <laughs> Ms. Shed, do you have anything? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I, would just, I would just leave with everything that we do I would hope that you view it as working hand-in-hand hand with you as parents um, and legal guardians to, mm -hmm. to support your, your student here at CDH. Um, I, I always uh, talk about the triangle, you know, between the school, the student, and, and the home. And I, I view myself like one of the things I, I think about on my long drive in every day is, okay, what am I going to tackle today? Like, what, what is my objective? How can I impact my time with the community to the greatest extent. And that focus is always complementary to what you all are doing at home. So um, accountability can be a piece of that, but, but it's always in support of what you're doing um, as parents and, and legal guardians at home. So continue to use us, mm -hmm. uh, work with us, uh, bring us into the loop. I, I think that we've got an excellent department um, prepared to, to service our school community. Um, and there's some exciting things uh, ahead of us. So. Hi, my name is Connie Redding and I am the Counseling Office Assistant. This is my 23rd year here at CDH and I am the first person to greet anyone who comes into our office. I can also direct the kids to their counselor. I help process college applications, schedule college visits, coordinate AP tests, coordinate the college fair and um, the honors assembly. Probably uh, most famously known for your candy jar on your desk. Yes, that is true. <laughs> the kids can come through and say hi and have a piece of candy. And, and keeping uh, all of us in line. That's right. Yes, good. Hi, my name is Joan O'Connell. I'm one of the college counselors here. I typically deal with uh, students whose last names are the first part of the alphabet. Been here a long time. I help students figure out what they want to do after they leave CDH. I have traveled to literally hundreds of campuses. I meet with college reps when they come, talk to parents. So anytime you have a question about what it is you might want to do after CDH, I would be one of the people to talk to. Hi, I'm Leslie Connolly. I'm one of the college counselors here, and I work with students with the last names at the end of the alphabet. And I work uh, alongside Joan O'Connell, and we work with students and their post-secondary planning. Uh, we visit colleges. We also talk to reps who come to visit. We uh, do programming, particularly for juniors and seniors. And we are a good resource for them to figure out what's next and help them along the way. How, how would you view your role as um, separate or different than the, the school counselors? Well, we have the luxury of focusing on just the college uh, admissions piece. 
Um, so we work in tandem with the school counselors. So if there seems to be other issues that they might need to talk to a school counselor with, sometimes school counselors refer to us as we um, are able to um, track college trends. You know, we have more time to do that, so. Um, I think we have time, uh, like Joan said, to be able to really kind of focus in on what's happening and the new changes. So that if there are new things that are going on with applications, we can help students. We, act, you know, we actively get involved in making a, our own applications so we can be really hands-on helping students as they're trying to fill out these applications because they can be very complicated and differ from one institution to another. Can you talk a little bit about, I know you both have just recently returned from trips out to mm -hmm. see schools. Can you talk about that aspect of your job and why you do that and how that benefits the students? CDH? Well, I think it, it, it helps inform us on um, what the college is like or the university. We learn about programs. We talk to other counselors who are on the tours. Um, it gives me a sense of what kind of student would do well at a particular place. So um, just finding out how long it takes to get there, whether they need a car or not, whether they can walk to buy toothpaste, all those things are things that I'm really interested in finding out in addition to academic programs and other things. Anything to add? Rachel? No, I don't think so. I think that really it gives us, I think, a good feeling for um, some of the colleges that are out there so that we can come back and, like, like Joan said, talk to them about uh, uh, not only the programs and things that you can find online, but things that really you can't see online. So, you know, just kind of the soft things that uh, go along with choosing a college. Getting a feel of maybe knowing a particular student, their strengths, areas of challenge, and then matching them up with a particular institution. Yeah, it helps us to really, if a student wants suggestions of, of where they might fit, they can give us some parameters, and then we can make suggestions given the geographic area of how far away they want to be from home, what they want to major in, how large a school, whether it's going to be urban or not, those sorts of things, and it just helps us to make better suggestions, and I think it it uh, gives parents more confidence, too, that we're not just recommending something out of the clear blue sky. Right. And I think especially for students who may not have traveled, if they really are from this area, the Midwest, um, if we're going out to see schools that are on the East Coast, West Coast, all over the country, then we can really kind of speak to them about, um, you know, the, the implications that go along with going someplace far. All right, so it's not just, you, you know, you're choosing a place because it's sunny on the beach, but also that, you know, you've got transportation things, uh, uh, the, where are the students coming from? Are they, are they greatly from that area? Or are they from all over the country? I just think it gives us a broader perspective that we can come and help the students with. Okay. Changes coming to Jumpstart. Can, can you give us just a brief overview of when you started that program, Joan? I don't know how many years ago it was. And then, and then um, how you see it moving forward? Well, um, we... We started that program when Leslie joined us, and that was nine years ago. Um, and it's a full day for juniors. And basically what we're doing is um, adding a component that will help students to think about, or at least begin to think about, what careers they might want to have when they leave. So choosing a college and, and figuring out what you want to study is often linked to what you would do in a career. So um, we'll have, we're, we're partnering with the um, advancement office and uh, we're going to have a, a morning of information that we want all of our juniors to know as they begin this process and looking at colleges. But then 
um, the afternoon will be the opportunity to hear from CDH alums and what they're doing in various careers and what paths they took um, to help the students figure out, you know, what career path might appeal to them also. So it's, it's still going to be a whole in-school day in January. This year it will be January 17th. And um, it will, it, you know, give the student a whole good overview and place to start um, as they're looking at that. And then these, of course, will be followed. Jumpstart is always followed with an individual family meeting. Uh, we call them the junior meetings uh, with either Leslie or myself. Um, where we can focus in on the student individually, their test scores, their transcripts, any particular questions they might have as they begin to, to look outside of CDH for what their future might hold. Speaking of the, uh, I don't want to cut you off, Leslie, but the junior meetings that will start taking place, Connie, are we still using Sign Up Genius for yes. that process? Yes. Can you talk just briefly about that? Um, we set it up that I will send an email to the parents with a link to either Joan or Leslie's sign up, and the parents can um, go into Sign Up Genius and pick a date and time that works best for them. We do schedule these during the school day, um, and yeah, it's it's fairly easy. So um, you'll be getting an email from me um, the end of January, I think, beginning of February is when we get those sign ups. Anything to add on on Jumpstart? Well, I was just going to say that what, when we started this nine years ago, um, but we wanted to incorporate the, the, this information into a school day because previously to that, Joan had been doing evening programming, which was great, but it was hard to, to get all of the students. And so that was one of the reasons why we moved it to have it uh, during the school day so that all students can get the information. I mean, clearly students are uh, at a different points in their um, thinking process about college or post-secondary planning. And um, for everyone to be able to hear it at least uh, – then, then we kind of know that they've all gotten the information. So I think it was a, a great idea uh, that Joan had, and um, we've been able to have some good success with it. So we're just kind of always looking to change and adapt it to meet the needs of our students. Any closing thoughts, comments that you want our audience to, to have as a takeaway? Well, I just think that we have typically about 90% of our students going on to uh, four-year schools. Um, and then we probably have another seven or so percent, seven, eight percent going on to two-year institutions. So really a lot of our programming does focus on post-secondary planning in terms of colleges and universities because of that high percentage. So um, I think that that's, you know, we are always there and willing and able and happy to talk to students if they're not thinking about college, but a lot of our programming does revolve around that because of um, the numbers that are going. <laughs> Two other people I wanted to introduce as a part of our CDH counseling department would be our registrar, Mrs. Katie Carroll, and our chemical health specialist, Mrs. Gail Kanopic. Both work hand-in-hand -hand with the members of our CDH counseling team to uh, serve your student. Um, Gail working specifically to support chemical health, and um, our registrar oversees everything that has to do with the schedule. Hopefully after this short time you have a better feel of who your student 
son or daughter will be working with at CDH or has been working with. And uh, we look forward to working more with you. Take care.